0: Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation, news, and commentary. I'm Drew's co-host, entertainment writer Jim Hill, and he and I are recording this show on Friday, August 12th, 2022. Just last night, episode four of this season of Primal dropped on Adult Swim, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really something else. If you're a fan of the show, I would suggest... I mean, if you're a fan of the show, you're probably already watching it, but I think that... It could hint to what the future of the show could be. And it's Ooh. very different. And it is just wonderful. It's actually the fifth episode. I was wrong, Jim. It is the fifth episode. Okay. But um Yeah, it's it's really different and great. And I don't want to spoil anything because I'm sure a lot of people haven't watched yet, but Check it out. I'm going to make Jim watch it this week. We'll discuss it further next week. Okay. But, I got yeah. my
0: got my homework. Yes. And speaking of my homework, tonight is when Hamster and Gretel debuts on Disney Channel. And this is Dan Povenmire's third show for Disney television animation. First two, uh, Phineas and Ferb and Milo Murphy, Dan did with Jeff Swampy Marsh. Hamster and Gretel is Dan's first solo project. Do and we know what
1: happened? Was there a fallout? What's going on? According to Dan... There re- literally is no
0: drama. He talks to Swampy on the phone all the time. In fact, Swampy's doing a voice for Hamster and Grill, But the thing is, they both wanted to try their hands at doing things on their own. In fact, Dan evidently has a studio of his own set up in, at Venice Beach and is pr- also producing a show for Disney-branded television. Mm. And that it's the animation division of Disney-branded television, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So anyway, no drama. They're literally just doing different things. But Dan's own daughter M- Melly voices one of the show's title characters, Gretel. And uh, the way Mr. Povenmire explains it is that Melly originally just did the temp voice for the pilot. But when we tried to get find a well-known actress for the part, We couldn't find anyone that was as funny as she was. So she knows my sense of humor and always nails the reeds.
1: So she became the voice of Gretel and and she loves doing it. So nepotism babies even exist in animation, Jim. That's what you're trying to tell me.
0: (laughs) Well, I was kind of burying the needle in the other direction. This (laughs) reminds me of the story about The Incredibles when they brought in Lily Tomlin to try to convince her to do the voice of Edna Mode, and Brad Bird took her into you know a theater and shoulder the animatics, and the lights came up, and Lily supposedly turned to Brad and said, "You're really funny as Edna. I don't think I can be as funny as you are as the Carrie. You should voice her." So that's how Brad ended up as Edna Mode, and also find a little bit of Hamster and Gretel news. If the dad in the show looks familiar. Never mind about nepotism. This is just (laughs) flat-out vanity. Dan modeled the dad on the show after himself. Not only that, the mom is supposedly also modeled after Dan's wife, Vanessa. So, so go figure. If I could be
1: less interested in in the show, Jim, I think you just (laughs) did it for me. Thank you very much. (laughs) Wow. Okay, well... Let's hope that some of these other
0: stories engage (laughs) Mr. Taylor. And speaking of news, as always, the news portion of Fine Tuning is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network for a worry-free travel experience. Please book online at storybookdestinations.com. And uh, kind of appropriate, we come out of this ad because, Drew, you are going to have to travel very soon. You're going to have to come back east, let Kitty take care of Nova for a weekend. Okay. Have you heard about... About the Leica exhibit that's going to be at the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens.
1: I had not only heard about that; I heard about also there's a Pinocchio exhibit. Thank you. Well, okay.
0: See, this is the thing I'm going to try to sell you. Okay, Okay. all right. Let's hear. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay. Now, mind you, the Leica Life in in stop motion exhibits starts at the Museum of Modern Image in Queens on Thursday, September 1st. And we got plenty of time. It runs through August 27th, 2023. And there's going to be wonderful displays of puppets and sets and video clips from all five of, of Leica's movies. And they're also going to be doing screenings in the, the Redstone Theater. But yes, the Guillermo del Toro crafting Pinocchio Is going to be at the MoMA. Now, that starts on December 11th, 2022, and it's kind of a tighter window. It only runs through April 16th, 2023. So here's what I wanted to pitch you on. Okay. okay? (laughs) All right. All right. The weekend of December 9th through the 11th is when Christmas Con is being staged in November, which Nancy's going to go to. She loves her Hallmark films, but I'm already going to be down in Jersey. So, if you were to fly in on Friday evening, I would collect you and then say on Saturday, December 10th, we could go to the Museum of Moving Image and check out the Like exhibit. And then the very next day, we could catch the opening day of the Guillermo del Toro uh, crafting Pinocchio thing at the MoMA and that one also sounds spectacular. I mean, it's supposedly five different working sets from the film four large set pieces that were used in its production, variety of puppets and marionettes. The other thing though, I guess I have to caution you is they're allowing, they're going to do a retrospective of Guillermo's films from starting in December and running through January. So maybe we want to eyeball those to see if there's something in particular, you know, um,
1: Oh man, I would I would watch all of his movies again on the mm. big screen. I mean, I think there's some that I have never seen. Like I've, I don't, I probably have never seen Kronos on the big screen.
0: The other thing that complicates this is during this exhibit from December 22nd to December 29th, they're going to be showing Guillermo's Pinocchio on the big screen.
1: Okay, we we will talk. We will talk about this. This sounds like a good okay. plan.
0: Okay. Great to hear. All right. On the other hand, I, I don't know if I can actually convince you to fly out and join me on a trip to Great Wolf Lodge in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, which is one of 19 in the chain of indoor water parks, family resorts, because September 3rd, the Great Wolf Pack, a call to adventure, A feature film that is built around the walk-around characters that you see at Great Wolf Lodge. And for those of you who don't know, that's Wily Wolf, his girlfriend Violet, Oliver Raccoon, Sammy Squirrel, and Brindley the Bear. There will be a limited release of this animated feature, A Call to Adventure, on YouTube on September 5th. But beyond that, the only way you can see this film is if you go to the Great Wolf Lodge. And... The reason that it's on my radar, Drew, is this is directed by Chris Bailey, the guy who did Runaway Brain and, you know, a lot of the early Kim Possible's. And
1: Yeah, I, I love Chris. I got to know him when I was working on my big uh, Runaway Brain piece a couple years ago, and he is delightful. So I am happy that he is working and that he has a new animated project. I'm not so sure about—I mean, I don't really know the kind of mythology behind The Great Wolf Lodge— mm-hmm. Uh, nor mm-hmm. have I been to one, but... Um.
0: We went to the one in Williamsburg because when Disney was looking at magic bands, evidently Great Wolf Lodge already had a version of magic bands, and so one day the, the, <laughs> the manager of Great Wolf Lodge couldn't help but notice that these... Like three or four sets of guys checked into the hotel. They had no children with them. They were two guys per room, and then they they sat around and and didn't go in the pool. They observed and you know were taking notes and photographs. And it's like, okay, what's going on here? And then suddenly Disney gets magic bands. Go figure.
1: Wow, Where, wherever did they get the idea, Jim? Good lord.
0: Wherever I I'm shocked i'm shocked and while we're talking about things that tie back to disney you saw this news that that broke just yesterday about the daily wire hiring chris sonnenberg who is formerly the showrunner of rapunzel uh, tangled adventure the the daytime emmy award-winning show he's going to be their new uh, senior vp of animation development and production
1: no i didn't see this that is that is horrifying
0: but go ahead (laughs) Evidently the Daily Wire decided on the heels of Ron DeSantis's battle with the Disney company and you know the whole notion that you know here is Disney creating all of these pieces of woke entertainment that they're going to step into the space. My understanding is they're going to be building or making 100 million dollars worth of programming aimed at children that will be available through their soon to launch streaming service Daily Wire Plus. And Mr. Sonnenberg was hired, and he's uh, since developed a sh- the very first animated series, which will be called Chip Chilla, and that will debut in the spring of, of 2023. And Drew and I love to see animators employed. We're always happy when somebody's got a gig. I'm not really thrilled about how this Chip Chilla got greenlit, I will wait to pass judgment till we actually get to see the show.
1: All right, does this mean you're going to be subscribing to Daily Wire Plus, Jim? I will find a way to view it. How about that? <laughs> I'm sure there will be clips on Twitter, Jim. I mean, this is going to get lampooned like nobody's business. But anyway.
0: Here's open. Here's open. Okay. I just saw what you sent me. Oh, you wonderful man, you. Moving <laughs> on now. Trolltopia debuts on Hulu and Peacock in November of 2020. Now, I just today got word that after seven seasons, the final batch of episodes for this animated series just entered yesterday, August 11th. But again, it's 21 months have gone by since Trolltopia debuted on Hulu and Peacock. It said, so how can there be seven seasons of this? The seasons are three months long?
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't don't know. I mean, we've talked about how weird this is uh, before. Mm. It seems to just be some kind of distinction that the network is coming up with or the streaming service because, yeah, I'm sure they were all produced at the same time, which we know is a tactic that is utilized to make sure people's pay doesn't go up at Mm -hmm. all but yeah it's bizarre i mean we're on the sixth season of jurassic world or whatever and that also started very recently so i have no idea how this all works but
0: god bless them speaking of trolls trolls 3 and that's a theatrical release It's due out next year, November 17th, 2023, and while we're talking sequels here, folks, just this week we found out that Sonic the Hedgehog 3 has been slotted for December 20th,
1: 2024. That was so weird that it was just a Schwartz tweet in the middle of the night, almost, like, I'm coming back. It's like, uh. I almost feel bad for you sometimes with your job at the rap because it's like,
0: it used to be, okay, I'm following the trades and here come the press releases in the the inbox. It, but now it's literally, I, you know, got to stay on top of Instagram, got to stay on top of Twitter
1: because th- that's actually where news breaks now. Oh, yeah.
0: Isn't that kind of insane?
1: I think so. But yeah, that was very weird that it was him. It's also very weird to, to, to think that Sonic is going up against the next, theoretically, the next Avatar movie after this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting bit of counter-programming. But again, who are you going to put up against giant blue cat people? Oh, a, a tiny little blue person. Okay, we're good. Uh, speaking of little blue people, the yet to officially be titled Smurf musical, the Chris Miller. Now, Chris is
1: doing this by himself, not with Phil Lord. Is You're that... thinking of another Chris Miller, Jim? Thank you. Yes. All right, okay. This is the All Chris right. Miller that I believe did. Did he do one of the Shreks? He is. Uh, he's an animation guy, but not. Not Our buddy Chris that Miller.
0: Chris Miller. Yeah, no, no, no Okay, no. all right. I, I stand corrected. I apologize Yeah, for okay. That. But he yeah, the, the he we...
1: voices Kowalski in the Penguin movies, and oh. he was a storyboard artist. He directed Shrek the Third, so I was right mm-hmm. there. He also directed cool. Puss in Boots, and he's got this mm-hmm. uh, Untitled Smurf movie as well as a movie called Wish for real effects. Wow,
0: okay. So he's then, very busy. Not all... Yeah very busy and and more to the point given his resume. Now I'm looking forward to the Spurs musical, which coming from Paramount Animation and now officially has a release date, which February 14th, 2025 Valentine's Day. And then we come to the other sequel, which just got announced today, Kung Fu Panda 4, which Drew and I will discuss this DreamWorks animation franchise at length on the second half of today's show. Skadoosh! You have talked previously about the Shrek sequel that's in the works. And it's not a reboot. It's an actual sequel. Mm -hmm. And again, this is the DreamWorks animation that's now under the the creative auspices of Chris Melandry at Illumination. I would have bet good money that it would have been Shrek out the door first. So kind of intriguing to see Kung Fu
1: Panda. Yeah, this has been in the works for a little bit. So I, okay. I, it, it makes sense that this one is is first out, but not to say that Shrek mm-hmm. is in any trouble or anything. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's plugging along. Not at all. Yeah. No,
0: I, I, it's certainly. But face it, you and I have been paying attention to Kung Fu Panda. Dear Lord, the first one of these came out in June of 2008, and. Do you remember when, what was it? It, I want to say it was just two years later when they were teeing up the Kung Fu Panda holiday special, and they had already started work on Kung Fu Panda 2, which first title for it was uh, Pandemonium, and then there was the Kaboom of Doom. (laughs) Wow, Jim, you are really taking me back. But do you remember what Jeffrey Katzenberg said in, in December of 2010 about how many... Kung Fu Panda sequels we, we should expect to get? No,
1: why don't you tell me?
0: At that time, Jeffrey was like, you're going to get six installments in the Kung Fu Panda saga. We got Kung Fu Panda number two in, in May of 2011. Then it starts to get a little slippy sliding. There was the Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness animated series that was originally supposed to come out. In 2010, it was supposed to act as a bridge between the original Kung Fu Panda movie and Kung Fu Panda Two, but uh, evidently there were some production issues, and it it didn't arrive. It didn't begin airing on Nickelodeon till September 2011, some four months after Kung Fu Panda Two arrived in theaters. Ran for three seasons, but during this same time, Jeffrey's doggedly trying to get these characters out in the world. This is when the DreamWorks Experience Land opens at the amusement park in Gold Coast, Australia, March of 2012. They license the characters along with another a lot of other DreamWorks IPs to that. Season 3 of the Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness series ends in June of 2014. And then we get Kung Fu Panda 3 which arrives in theaters in January of 2016. By that point, it's a really well-known secret that Jeffrey's trying to sell DreamWorks, right? Or DreamWorks Animation?
1: Yes. It almost seems like he was ready to sell it from the very beginning, but, you know, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And sure enough, by April, just three months after Kung Fu Panda arrives in theaters, NBC Universal buys DreamWorks Animation for $3.8 billion. This is a NBC Universal backed by Comcast, which has very deep pockets. And this is Chris Melandri of Illuminations now, sort of riding her on what DreamWorks is going to do. And, and one of the, the plans here is to really start doing stuff with the DreamWorks characters to obviously reclaim that $3.8 billion that Universal paid out for the DreamWorks library and the set of characters. But again, the problem is that Jeffrey has signed a lot of deals in a lot of different directions. For example, in December of 2016, Motion Gate Dubai opens, and this is a a theme park in the, the Middle East and has a sizable... DreamWorks Land, which includes the Unstoppable Awesomeness Ride, uh, which is themed to- to Not that anybody's ever on these
1: rides, judging by the videos, the ride-through videos, but-
0: I have a friend, I don't think I'm at liberty to use his name here, but he, he worked on this project, and he just periodically would reach out and share stories about how misbegotten it was, and and you remember, you're building this in Dubai. You're, you know, one of the hottest places on on the planet. And at one point, because it was so costly, they were having a conversation about, well, let's do the Main Street. Again, you know, normally, originally, the entire thing was supposed to be enclosed with air conditioning. And they were like, eh, let's do Main Street open. Let's people walk on Main Street. And so my friend says, okay, do you like that idea? So. What he does is he puts a stake in the ground where the DreamWorks building is going to be. And then he has the survey team put a stake where the entrance turnstiles for the parks are. So he has the executive who's just announced, well, we're going to you know do it outdoors. We're going to cut the air conditioning. He says, OK, walk with me. We're, we're, we're going through the turnstile and we're going to walk over to the DreamWorks pavilion. My friend sort of stacks the deck as in, you know, meet me here at noon and we're going to do this. So in the 10 minutes that it takes for them to cross the distance between the start of the main street area to get to the DreamWorks pavilion, the two of them arrive, they're out of breath, they're soaked with sweat. All right, I get it. We'll we'll put in the air conditioning. (laughs) You proved your point. Let's spend the money. But again, Universal wanting to get what they could out of the DreamWorks characters as quickly as possible. They buy DreamWorks Animation in April of 2016. By June of 2018, we've got the DreamWorks Theater opened up on the upper lot of Universal Studios Hollywood. And the first 40 movie they do for that is Kung Fu Panda Emperor's Quest.
1: Have you done that yet, Jim?
0: I've done it once. I kind of enjoy the thing in the lobby more than I do the movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love when the, the action moves to not just the screen in front of you, but the walls around you. Uh-huh. But I kind of like the whole thing of in the lobby where it's basically the entire DreamWorks animation library squabbling among themselves about, well, who's going to be in the
1: movie? Who, who's yeah, starring that, in that's today's cute. show? I actually got to walk through it while I was still under construction, which is pretty neat. Um, really? Yeah, and they I, ran part okay. of the ride for us while we were just walking through, which was mm-hmm. super cool. I don't mm-hmm. think the ride is very good, but it's it takes up a lot of space and funnels a lot of people <laughs> through it, so it does its job.
0: September of last year, Universal Studios Beijing opened, where that theme park has an entire Kung Fu Panda land called the the Land of Awesomeness, and they actually have a Journey of the Dragon Warrior water ride that anybody who's been to the Universal Studios Hollywood uh, DreamWorks Theater, it's like, wow, some of those things look very familiar. Some of the projected imagery that you sit in the theater and watch, you float by here, but they also have a carousel, the Carousel of Kung Fu Heroes, and they have a spinner ride called the Lanterns of Legendary Hero, and they even have an interactive area, Pose Kung Fu Training Area. But before we got that, we got Kung Fu Panda, The Paws of Destiny, which was an animated series that was done for DreamWorks Television Animation in conjunction with Amazon Studios. This debuted on Amazon Prime. I want to say they shot 20 or they produced 26 episodes with the first set of 13 dropping in November 2018. And then the second and final season of the show Dropped July of 2019, which brings us to the kind of the interesting one-two punch of what's going on now. Now, March of this year, in fact, on National Panda Day, we learned that we we're going to get a brand new Kung Fu Panda animated series. But wouldn't be for Amazon Prime this time around, but for Netflix. And the big news was Jack Black was going to come back to voice Poe. So it was just last month, Drew, that Kung Fu Panda Dragon Knight debuted on on Netflix on July 14th. And this series is supposed to tee up the fourth film. Is that right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, DreamWorks would tell you, no, no, this isn't true. But I think the fact that Jack Black returned for this show was sort of mm-hmm. getting people ready for the a canonical new Kung Fu Panda adventure. So who knows if there's going to be more stuff in between now and March 8th, 2024. But from what I understand, it's at least going to you know set the stage for uh, further adventures of Poe and the gang.
0: There's one other project that got announced back in March of 2019, and was announced with a lot of hoopla, the the Kung Fu Panda Spectacular Live. And this had a crazy, big-time, talented group of people behind it. I mean, Susan Stroman, the the woman who directed the Tony Award-winning musical version of Mel Brooks, The Producers. Likewise, they... Tapped Michael Curry, the guy who did all the puppets for Disney's Broadway version of The Lion King. Likewise, so many of the puppets for the, the Finding Nemo, the musical and Animal Kingdom. But this thing, which was supposed to live stage show, was supposed to mix musical theater, the circus, and Hollywood. Was supposed to debut at the Venetian Macau. That's a casino resort in the Far East. And it was developed by Broadway Asia and DreamWorks Theatrical, but like I said, announced with great hoopla in March of 2019, and then basically slipped down the pandemic rat hole. And I was hammering on Google today before we did today's show, and it's just sort of like, that's all I can find, the, the, uh, the March of 2019 announcement, so... I wonder, in addition to Poe coming back to the big screen, whether or not his stage debut has now been delayed. But do you think they'll actually finally make it to
1: Jeffrey's six theatricals? I don't know. I mean, the beautiful thing about animation is that actors can keep getting older and doesn't really affect the characters. So as we saw a incredible sequel come 14 years after the original Okay, but
0: I, I'm missing a modifier there, Drew. <laughs> that, that, that you know, was it a good sequel? Or
1: I, I mean, a, I, the, a, the actor sounded the same. I mean, that's really the important thing, right? It's like, oh, uh,
0: that's a that's a wonderful <laughs> political answer. You know, they're very polite, right? I, I, a, I like point. Incredibles
1: okay. two a lot. I know you're you're less jazzed on it, but yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, and just look at how many Toy Story movies we've had, you know, decades apart from one another. That uh, get made. so I mean, as long as okay. there, maybe this new this new uh, kung Fu panda will be the beginning of a second trilogy because God mm. knows DreamWorks loves its sequels. so
0: it does. it does. So speaking of sequels, and how possibly. Can you top that amazing two hundredth episode of Light the Fuse? Which, by the way, friends of mine are still talking about. You know, you roped in Tom Cruise to to be on the show. I did. So,
1: well, no, yeah, I know. didn't really. I mean, other people roped him in for us, but yes, I think mm-hmm. we were the initial rope, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, we we've we've got to. Uh, this week that this show is is up, mm-hmm. we've got the second part of our Maggie Q interview, which is really great. Oh cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is just lovely and so fun. She was super sweet to us. So if you want to hear stories about Mission Impossible 3, uh, she is just uh, the best. I'm trying to think if she's done any voice work, she would be a good mm-hmm. she would actually be a good character for Kung Fu Panda because she studied oh. with Jackie Chan. And she knows how to kick ass. So I say, wow. put Maggie Q in Kung Fu Panda. I'm just going to put it out there, Jim.
0: Once you're finished listening to Light Diffuse, we have a couple of podcasts here you might enjoy. We got Disney Dish uh, that I do with Lentesto, we've got Marvelous Disney, which is of course about the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I do that with Aaron Adams. Likewise, Brian Gahn and I have revived Looking at Lucasfilm. Beyond that, earlier today, I saw you putting the word out about the Maggie Q episode of fine-tuning on social media.
1: Can, can you tell folks where they can find you there? Sure, yeah. It's uh, Drew Taylor, like a t- tailored shirt, on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter and
0: Instagram as Jim Hill Media and on Facebook at Jim Hill Media News. So Drew and I will be back with new episode soon.